Welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Hello there. So, welcome to the start of Season 4 of 1% Better. One that is definitely different to the start of previous seasons or effectively any other episode I've ever put out. We are in a very strange time, new territory and unknown uh, situations ahead. And yeah, it's difficult to to be completely upbeat about this one. (laughs) But I really wanted to get this season started for, for many reasons. And I'll go into those in a second. At this time, at the time of recording this intro, it's March 18th. It's early morning. Um, and I, like everybody else in Ireland, are hopefully practicing self-isolation uh, or social distancing and being respectful to the asks that are put upon us uh, in relation to the uh, overall COVID-19 coronavirus that has taken grip over the last uh, week or two. And... For that reason alone, this is is a very different uh, different time, different intro, and, and different um, situation to be in. I would say, from my perspective, uh, probably two and a bit weeks just sitting at home and isolated, um, only because I work from home a good bit. And two weeks ago, when I think we were away for a weekend and came back, I just started to feel that that was the right thing to do and important to. Um, to, to take those measures and be able to do them. So, so I'm probably two and a bit weeks in, and uh, as I've joked in the past, as a bit of an introvert, as more of an introvert than an extrovert for sure, I'm comfortable enough doing that. But I'm very aware that those folks that aren't, that are more extroverted, that are much more into socializing and connecting with others, find this very difficult, this time very difficult. And it's an adaption, and it's all about getting used to that. So, uh, yeah, just be, be be conscious of that. Uh, if you're on the introvert side, those extroverts need to um, to be taken care of as well. But it's definitely different to to try and put this together. And been kicking it around in my head for a while when to release, when to start. But I guess you know more than ever now, people that uh, listen to podcasts probably want to listen to more. And more than ever, it's very important to distract yourself and disconnect from the constant news cycle that's coming out at the moment every five seconds. You know, if you're following Twitter and your Twitter timeline is on fire with all new information, it can be very much overwhelming. So it's important to get that 45 minutes break from it all every now and again. And I think, I know for me, podcasting is, uh, listening to other shows is a huge thing to help me do that. I think in the only the only times in the last couple of weeks when I've kind of not been thinking about the virus and all the other stuff that goes with it, it's been when I've either been watching Line of Duty on Netflix, which has been binged, or listening to a podcast um, that I can take something from. You know, in lots of cases, I've been listening to podcasts that are about coronavirus as well, which helps me inform myself a little bit more and has been very useful. But... The show must and is going on, and I really wanted to put some stuff out there today, and 
over the next few weeks uh, and try to get into some sort of normality. And if possible, I can share some more content than than normal um, because if it goes down well and you're enjoying it, that that's what it's all about. So hopefully the episodes that are coming up are ones that will give you something to enjoy, to listen to, to learn from as always. And, and certainly if there's new listeners, welcome along. And you have a lot of other episodes of this show to, to check out if uh, if that's something you would be interested in. Over the next few weeks and in the last week or so, with everything going on around COVID-19, I have been trying to reach out and connect in with people that have had experiences with it, that um, are doing research, that are working on vaccines, that are experts in the field. And I've been able to talk with a couple uh, informally, but nothing yet recorded. But I do have a few things lined up, hopefully over the next few weeks. So I will release 1% Better episodes on stories around the virus all going well and share those out as soon as I record them and try to get them out quickly. Because again, I'm, I'm, I'm all about trying to identify bright spots and areas where things are working and where people have come out the other side um, and share that because I think, you know, it's important to hear the, those stories as well. Not all the fake news, I don't know if that's the right term, but definitely there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. If you're following Twitter or on WhatsApp, you're probably getting messages from people that are talking about, you know, army lockdowns in Ireland and there's been a lot of responses to that to say that that's not true and if if it does happen at some point it's probably only going to be for the better but in a controlled way but anyway we will focus some episodes on this area over the next while because i don't think it's going to go away anytime soon and with that i guess if you are listening and you have a story around it definitely get in touch i'm happy to talk with you let's get on email and take it from there rob at rob of the green.ie okay then so what has happened in the off season over the last while, I've been trickling out a couple of episodes. I think the 864, the, the shorter show, had a couple of episodes I'd never really shared before. So that came out, that kept things moving along and busy recording new episodes. In the last while, I had hoped to get a new website out there or an updated version of the current one. That's still work in progress with everything else that's going on. Not every... Uh, action or task on my list for sure has got completed and that's one to to happen soon but I think we'll be okay without it. I've been earlier on in maybe February before the the season ended working a lot on connecting and communicating with listeners through the Slack community, the 1% Better Slack group or community which has been a lot of fun, a lot of interesting uh, conversations go on in there so that's been something that's been growing and then my own I suppose monthly challenges that I do every month for the last few years um, January was a 5k every day February was all about writing and putting research together for the new season the new episodes and that was a great way of actually just getting so much content onto paper and forming ideas and structuring it and then getting ready for for launch and this month march has been a lot of recording and editing uh, as much as i can do within 30 minutes each day that i kind of allocate for it and then as we move into april looking forward a little bit i'm hoping that that month will be a, a month where life somewhat gets a little bit back to normal but 
we can start sharing more and more content of all these interviews and solo shows that have been put together. Just to give you a flavor of a couple of the episodes that will come soon, about two weeks ago, I interviewed a gentleman called Peter Kalmus, and he is a climate change expert. He works for NASA. He's in the US. And we talked all about climate change, one topic I've never really addressed properly on the show before. This was before major lockdowns with coronavirus. And it was interesting, the parallels that we were talking about, how people were um, becoming more aware and, and acting on coronavirus. And he was thinking about how ways you could learn lessons from that to focus on climate change. So that will come soon. Another one uh, called uh, Better Brain Balance. So 1% Better Brain Balance with Charlotte Labie, a lady from the Netherlands, will come soon. And I have a couple of other interviews aligned, uh, recorded around stress and burnout uh, and performance, individual and team performance and adaptability. So so they're in the can, they're ready to go, and we'll be getting those out in the near future. On top of that, the area of emotional intelligence is something that I've talked about a good bit on the show and I'm a massive fan of, I don't know if that's the right term, advocate of, um, and there's a framework of emotional intelligence that touches on self-awareness, self-management, and then also on relationships, how you can develop better relationships with people and manage those better as well and I've decided as part of the 1% better show that I will be releasing kind of a series within the overall season on emotional intelligence and as of talking about it right now I've probably eight or nine episodes recorded not edited yet on that and it'll deep dive into each competency or each area within the overall framework of emotional intelligence. For example, self-awareness is a big component of emotional intelligence. So we'll do solo single episodes on what is self-awareness, why it's important and how to develop it. Also, I've just recorded one on self-esteem. What is it? Why is it important? The benefits of developing self-esteem, how to do it, some tips on how to do that, some practices that you can implement, a lot of coaching type stuff going on there, and you will definitely learn something from it. I have done on self-confidence is another area that I'm, I'm working on, and for the first while, probably sometime in April, I plan to release maybe five or six episodes at once uh, and then you can you can go through all of those and the first five or six will focus on self-awareness how you will get a better sense of your emotional intelligence by doing an assessment and an interview with uh, an expert in the area of self-awareness and self-assessment um, to start with so lots of content to come there over the course of this year i probably started out thinking i might do seven or eight episodes in total on this but as I started to dig into it a little bit more to do just 20 minutes on self-confidence did not really give it any justice and it needed a lot more focus so I think with self-confidence I might have broken that one up into now that's a, just a one-parter but self-awareness is a two-part episode but it's going to be broken up and you're going to see the structure as, as we listen to it again all with the aim of helping you understand your emotions better and the emotions of others and how to tap into those, how to use them for your benefit, how to grow and develop your emotional intelligence. Because the key thing about emotional intelligence different to IQ is that IQ is more or less set at a certain age, whereas emotional intelligence, 
which EI and EQ can be used sometimes interchangeably. EQ is the actual score of your emotional intelligence. It can be developed. So you can always improve your self-esteem, your self-efficacy. You can develop your self-awareness and you can also help work with others to develop theirs. So all of this will focus uh, on emotional intelligence. Still figuring out a title for the series. I'm thinking something like emotional smarts or the one like I like, that's a very probably Irish term, is cop on, which means common sense. That person doesn't have much cop on or they have a lot of cop on. But if you have an idea for the name of the show, please do uh, let me let me know for the name of the series. I will happily uh, give you a prize if you come up with something that I stick with. But it's all about emotional intelligence and solving problems in your own life through better emotions. So that's going to come in probably early April, the first batch, as and as I continue to record those, I'll, I'll roll them out. And they're not just solo shows, as I said, they're interviews as well. I have a couple of other ones lined up with a New York Times bestseller uh, on self-awareness and another lady who's an author around um, high-performing teams. So excited about sharing that and hopefully it's something you'll enjoy listening to and learning from as well. And finally, the other part of this intro episode that is different to the other intros I've done in the past is that it's not just about me rambling on, which you're probably delighted about. It's actually about you, the listener, and what have you done over the last period of time to become 1% better? I've been putting this question out for a while, asking you subscribers, listeners to the podcast, to the newsletter, to give me a little bit of audio on what you've done or what you do either through learning from the 1% Better group or just inspirational stuff you've taken on board that has helped you improve, what actions you've taken, what have you actually done on a day-to-day basis to get a little bit better. And I got five clips from five listeners in here that I said I'd share, and that'll make up the rest of this episode. One is from a gentleman, Owen O'Hanlon, who talks about controlling the small things, letting the big things take care of themselves. Jess Cohen, who is a member of our community, talks about how stand-up comedy has met her 1% better. John O'Brien, a mindset-focused update on running, and he's an executive coach. Sean McGillicuddy, who is a coach as well, and also has shared his improvements around daily practices of meditation, sharing gratitude, and even writing poetry, being inspired to do that. And finally, we have Dara O'Reardon, who shares how cold water swimming has impacted him for the absolute better, uh, not just in professional life, but in personal life. And it is a very interesting one. You can really hear the passion from Dara on that. So I'm going to play those five clips back to back. Have a listen. Hopefully they give you some ideas and see how other people are getting 1% better from the podcast or from just taking action and improving. Hi Rob, this is Owen O'Hanlon here. I'd like to share a piece of advice I got recently that I think is very simple in its concept, but not enough of us are practicing it every day. Before I get into that, I'd like to start with a kind of a self-awareness point. I recognize for a while that uh, I'm an extremely competitive person um, I'd enjoy a four-hour game of Monopoly just to show you how competitive I, I am. And in your daily interactions with people, um, that's not everyone's cup of tea. 
and in particular in my community role of helping uh, kids with soccer coaching that's not a, a good place to be when you're trying to improve uh, children playing soccer um, a good friend of mine by the name of Tony Fong introduced me to a, a group or a, 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 an academy in the States called the Positive Cope Coaching Academy. And they basically have a very simple um, concept of the, uh, winning a winning mentality versus a, a successful uh, mentality. And by winning, they mean um, concentrating on the scoreboard and for a successful mentality they talk about much more uh, rounded uh, experience for children um, so just to sum up their concept they have this concept of F-E-I-M F for fun E for effort I for improvement and M for mistakes so fun meaning that every activity for a child be it a match or a coaching experience should always be fun as the number one uh, goal so that keeps kids coming back again and again and again e for effort or for energy so even if a kid isn't doing that well uh, uh, at at soccer in my case or another sport um, if they're applying themselves and giving effort and applying themselves with a lot of energy that's enough that's enough that's 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 the most we'd we'd expect from um the other concept in in the successful mentality is i for improvement where you're always kind of looking for um uh, an improvement for a child be it you know in the soccer sense a skill or a positional sense or you know um, scoring a goal defending whatever it might be um, and in other sports it's a little different but it's more or less the same thing you're always looking for an opportunity for them to improve themselves um, the M for mistakes means creating a culture where it's okay to make mistakes so in any walk of life there is no um improvement unless there is mistakes in other words you don't push yourselves out of your comfort zone and make and not make mistakes and by pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and make mistakes you're probably going to grow and you're probably going to learn so you create a culture where it's okay for mistakes and this is particularly important for uh, the other kids witnessing mistakes that they say it's okay buddy we'll understand you'll do better the next time and that kind of creates a culture where it's okay for them. So the FEIM is the Positive Coaching Academy's um, kind of uh, uh, modus operandi for creating a culture, a much more rounded culture for kids to thrive in a successful. And lo and behold, when they when you set up that culture, the scoreboard does sort of take over in your favor eventually. But that's not your focus. That's not your primary focus. And uh, every every day. Uh, so I suppose the thing that I wanted to share was um, recently I was on an FEI uh, coaching session and uh, one of the leaders on the course was talking about a different course he'd been on and Jim McGuinness happened to be an attendee on this course and lo and behold people wanted to ask Jim about questions about Donegal and the success of uh, Donegal and Jim said that when he arrived at the, uh, as the Donegal manager, they hadn't won a, a league match in the previous season. So he just set about um, setting up two small and achievable goals. The first goal was to win one league match. So if they, if they, if they uh, managed in the whole of the course of the season to win one league match, is going to be deemed better than it was the previous season. And lo and behold, in their first match, they won the first league match. So that was already achieved. So they had to change the goal again based on that. The other thing, um, before the start of the season, he trained the, tra- the team, physically trained them really hard. And his concept there was that going down the last five minutes, 65 minutes into a, a Gaelic match, 
um, that they would be the fittest team on the pitch. So that was something within their control to do. And they felt that going down the, the final four long, they'd be the fittest team and no team would be fitter than them. So it was basically small things that were in their control. And this is the concept that I, I want to get across is that small things matter. Really small things matter. The things that are in your control really matter. And let the big things, the big goals uh, take care of themselves. So I see this every day with, with with kids in the soccer field. You know, we're just working very simple stuff, passing, movement, um, their skills, and you can see it translating it onto a match day. And it's really brilliant to see it that, that the small things that you've applied on a, on, a, on a weekly basis in a training session make it onto the the training field where they they they're likely to enjoy it. Um, I've seen this in other walk, walks of life. I work in a mentoring kind of thing in the community. And we, we, people come in with the best will and, you know, they're working in a community and they want help other people and they just look at big things, big goals and, and you, you, you kind of have to draw them back and say, you know, if your mentee meets you once a week, that's nearly enough, you know, and, um, they're, they're applying themselves and having an effort and just, um, concentrate and getting rapport with your mentee and, and so on. So, um, yeah, so again, it's, it's a very simple context. The small things that matter, the things that are in your control matter and let the big things resolve themselves over time. If you're managing, if you're knocking your goals down straight away, you can stretch them a bit more, take the person that you're working with or yourself out of the, your comfort zone. And, you know, as I said, probably likely to make mistakes, but you'll learn from those mistakes and you'll improve. Um, so that's really what I want to share. The small things matter and let the big things take care of themselves. And sometimes we don't apply that in our... So sometimes we're very rational about that for other people or not for ourselves. Thanks, Rob. And best of luck with this. I think it's a fantastic um, uh, endeavor and I look forward to hearing what other people have to say. Thanks very much. I joined the 1% Better group just as I was starting a new job in a new city. For my second monthly goal, I set an intention to attend every class I signed up for, which, lucky for me, included a stand-up comedy class for women. But on the day of the first class, I really didn't want to go. I was scared and nervous. I wasn't ready to learn a new skill or meet new people. But the thought of letting down the 1% Better community got me out of my apartment. And the reality is I loved the class. <laughs> I recently performed my first three-minute set, and was even more excited to get home and share the video with this community once it was over. I'm now looking forward to the level two class and my March goal is to write one joke a day so I walk in with the material to share. So thanks to this group for pushing me outside of my comfort zone and making me 1% better. Hi Rob and all your listeners. Thanks for giving me this opportunity to share a simple practice that I feel has improved my life. My name is John O'Brien. I'm an executive and life coach from Ennis County Clare. My story today is around my practice of having an open and growth mindset. I have some examples of where I've implemented a positive mindset of gratitude and where this has served me in so many other ways as a result. Last year, I returned to running after a few years away from the sport. Rather than focus on my slower pace or tight hamstrings, I framed my running as a reward after a hard day's work or a way to decompress. No matter how tired I was, I continually reminded myself that I was grateful for my ability to run and I was happy substituting my once faster pace for the opportunity to observe all the beauty that surrounded me on those country lanes. Prior to that, on Christmas Day 2018 in fact, I started having regular dips and now short swims in my local lake. Stepping into that cold lake was about so much more than a social media post on the Wim Hof page. 
it really opened my eyes to what our bodies can actually endure and with the right, right mindset, what we can achieve. The ducks and swans swimming around that lake didn't care about Brexit or any of the worries or fears that I might have had. They gave me clarity and together with enduring the cold, I gained the confidence to push myself in other ways. It enabled me to really have a hard look at my own life and assess my own thoughts and actions and ask myself, where could I do better? This change in my mindset has also helped me reframe my eating habits, enabled me to be more effective with my time and stay focused on who or what is really important in my life. Physical strength, in my opinion, is worthless if you cannot control your own thoughts. I'm happy to say that my mindset is far more growth-orientated and curious than it was 10 years ago, and who knows what level it will reach by the end of this decade and beyond. If your listeners today, Rob, could take anything away from this piece, I'd like it to be this. Be grateful every day for what you can do. Be that run when so many people can't, swim when so many people fear the water, or speak on this podcast when so many people struggle to be heard. Embrace change and seek out opportunities to do better to grow and to learn from all life's experiences, be they good, bad or indifferent. Thanks again, Rob, for giving me this opportunity to share my idea. And thanks to all your subscribers for listening. If any of you would like to connect with me, my website again is mindsetmaster.ie and links to my social media pages and contact details can be found there. Thank you. Hi, Sean McGillicuddy here. Uh, My thanks to Rob O'Donoghue for asking me to put this little audio clip together. Um, where I kind of touch on what's helped me become 1% better over the last six months or so. Um, I suppose one of the big things really is joining Rob's Slack community, uh, which we started back in August. Um, And what that does really is it it makes you publicly share a goal for the month, um, which in itself then creates accountability in the positive sense of the phrase. Um, And we all help each other out and support each other during the month, um, which has worked really well. So when I reflect on my Slack challenges, as they're called, uh, the first one was around creating a daily meditation practice um, to supplement and complement my regular mindfulness practice. Um, And that's something that I've kept going over the last six to eight months or so. Um, I then kind of moved on to focusing on exercise and set myself a target of a certain number of steps to be done each day, um, which varied depending on whether I was up in Dublin at work or working from home at the weekend. Um, and that's helped too, also in terms, not only just physically, but again in terms of headspace and time to either think about stuff or not think about stuff. Um, continued the challenges then with working on some stretches and some weights. And November saw me give up coffee, which in itself didn't really improve me, but the feeling of achieving something, and that's the only 100% slack month monthly challenge that I've had so far, um, that did help improve confidence and so on. Um, January um, was an interesting month because I took on the challenge of sharing something with the group that for which I was grateful for each day. Um, and that's that gratitude practice, something I try to keep going during the course of uh, my life, uh, having discovered that it is good and does help um, takes you again, takes you out of your thought thought stream to focus on what how was the day, what was good about it, what am I really grateful for. Um, this month, in the month of March, I'm actually trying to walk around with my head up a bit more um, because 
Yeah, I noticed that when we do walk around, we tend to have our head down, probably focusing on making sure we don't trip up on something in front of us. But um, try it and see what you think. It's actually more difficult than it sounds. And I guess the big thing in the last six months or so that's taken me right outside of my comfort zone has been writing poetry. Um, something where I would never have considered myself a creative person, and that had probably stymied my mindset in that space. But having tried it and found out I'm actually, I can actually write, um, I've continued doing so, and I've kind of written about eight poems so far, some of which I've published up on LinkedIn. Um, ultimately, what I would like to do is publish a collection of them um, for people to make a donation to charity to download, um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but again, that's outside the comfort zone where growth happens um, and gave me confidence uh, to try creativity in other areas of life um, and the encouragement of other people engaging with my writing um, has allowed me to quieten the negative self-talk um, that I sometimes experience. Um, so that's that. Um, big thanks to Rob um, for all his 1% better stuff. Uh, and for creating and maintaining the Slack community with which a number of us are involved. Um, I hope this makes the cut, uh, fingers crossed, um, and keep on being 1% better. Cheers, Rob. So why should anybody go swimming? I mean, I guess the question is, why should anybody do any type of exercise at all? And let's start with that. You know, w when you do exercise... You just, you just feel better. You can't help yourself but feel better. Physiologically, uh, biologically, we're all very, very similar. Every one of us, certainly for the most part, every one of us are very similar. And it's well documented at this point that the impact of exercise on your body just makes you feel better. It balances out those chemicals in your brain to make you feel better. Now that's that's a real layman's way of putting it, but that's exactly how I feel and many people I talk to, that's exactly how they feel. I'm sure if we had a, a neuroscientist or a doctor here, they'd be able to explain it in far more technical terms that might mean more to most people. But generally speaking, if you take exercise, you're probably going to feel better. You, you can't even help yourself, but that you will feel better. For swimming, it's I think the impact is so significant. It's and because of the extra dimension to swimming in terms of not only getting into cold water, which is one part of it, and then the actual swim itself, the psychological challenge around swimming in water itself, certainly swimming out of your depth depth is a challenge. Uh, swimming in water out of your depth away from land, knowing there's other sea creatures in there with you is significant. Now, you won't appreciate how significant that is until you're actually out there and your mind is starting to play tricks on you. But swimming has so much to offer that some, some other exercises may not have. Now, look, we can't all go swimming, okay? Any type of exercise is superb. I love the punch bag. Um, I, I love jogging. I, I, you know, I, I love so many other exercises that are out there, and they've all had a really positive effect on um, my sense of well-being and phys physically and my mental health in general. But swimming is something special. If you do get the opportunity, it's something special. And cold water swimming is something 
special. Uh, I think you'll find that if you do go and do something like it, you'll be part of a relatively small group of people. Very few people will swim in the winter, but even fewer people again will swim in the winter without a wetsuit. And, you know, I think you're missing out. I think you're missing out on something that's truly amazing. And I looked at people when they were doing it for years and I thought, oh, that's a little bit crazy. And, and maybe it is. But man, it's, it's just made me feel so good. It's just made life so, so sweet. So how does it affect my work? So I guess, you know, for a number of years now, I've been training in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening. And uh, I've done the training itself just to feel better, to feel relaxed. I've got a kick out of the, a lot of the training I've done. I've enjoyed the training itself. I mean, swimming is a, a, you know, it's a great example of, you know, being in the swim and being in the water and that period of time when you're actually training. It's, it's, I don't even think of it as training. It's, it's just swimming is, it really is wonderful. But it has a, significant impact on your your sense of well-being and your mindset and gives you a sense of calmness that you might not otherwise have i would say that exercise has given me the edge in work that others may not have had i mean it really has helped me perform better it has helped me overcome you know significant challenges i haven't got you know don't think I've got upset by anything. It's just you deal with it. Doesn't make things any easier, but it helps you approach them. It helps you deal with them. It helps you overcome them. I've oftentimes, I've had mornings uh, when I've, I've been on my way to the beach, kind of going, oh, you know, I've got so much to do. I should just go into, my, into the office and sit down at my desk and just get the ball rolling, get things done and almost force myself to say, stop, go for a swim or go for a run or whatever it is, get that done and then approach the problem. And I come away and, I, I, you know, once that's done, I'm going to my desk saying, you know, this is, this is totally manageable. What was I worried about? And it's, it's an amazing change in perspective. I mean, the exercise really does change how your brain thinks and how you approach challenges that are ahead of you. And it's just perspective. The, 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 what you were worried about in the first place hasn't changed at all. It's purely your perspective towards it. And swimming does that, like, it's just, it's such, it's, a lot of people will talk about pressing the reset button. It is like that. You go in for five, six, seven or eight minutes, especially in this cold water, and it just changes how you look at things and makes, makes you feel great. Uh, so I guess the reason I'm going back to it again and again, I'm, I mean, I'm not there to torture myself, is because of the, the buzz I get out of it. So, I mean, I've always loved exercising, going for a run, whatever the exercise might be. I've got a punch bag around the side of my house, which I absolutely love. 15 minutes and that will completely change your day. It's superb. But the swimming, there was kind of an extra dimension to it. There wasn't only the, the physical activity which, you know, got your, you got your body going and made you feel really great after it. There was the 
there was the mental challenge about going into the water in the first place. So anyone who goes down for a swim, especially during the colder months, will probably understand what I'm talking about, about, you know, going into the water, knowing it's going to be cold. That's quite a challenge. And there's something about getting over that that's significant. But also going into the water and there's a boy maybe about 100 metres offshore that has always been my target. I'm going a little bit beyond that now at this stage. I'm going further and further as I progress. But going to that boy was uh, was very challenging. And when I look at it from the beach, it looks like it's just there in front of you. You know, it's, you know, what's the problem? But when you're in the water, when your neck, when your water is up to your neck and you're at water level, it looks far away. And especially for an inexperienced swimmer like myself and on top of that being um you know one of the jaws generation swimming out to a boy when you're completely out of your depth your mind plays tricks on you very very much so about you know what else is in the water with me and that there are seals down there apparently seals are completely harmless i hope i never ever see one i haven't ever seen one when i was swimming i think i probably need to change my swimming shorts if i did um but there are these psychological challenges about swimming out of your depth, swimming out to a particular point and coming back in. Now, I would always say to people, you must be so, so careful. You have to treat the water with absolute respect. It is something that will take your life if you're not careful. And, you know, I don't have to highlight any of the examples that, that we've seen in recent years, but you have to be really careful. But it's OK to challenge yourself within your limits and it's okay certainly from a psychological perspective to challenge yourself a little bit like I say I only swim out to the first boy which is about 100 meters away if if I get really scared I can swim back in uh, pretty quickly and I, I have got scared and I have turned around 50 meters out um, on a couple of occasions I've gone down early in the morning um, when there isn't anyone else around it's still a little bit dusky it's it's very intimidating looking out at the water to go in on your own when it's in it. Some people might say, oh, that's foolish going in on your own. Again, it's about swimming well within your limits, but it is psychologically going in and overcoming that fear is amazing. It feels superb when you come out and there really is nothing else that you can face in the day, certainly in my experience, that you can't overcome. Um, it, it, it doesn't make everything easy, but you know, you can attack it and you can get over it and you can you can take those challenges. So those those extra dimensions that swimming uh, brings in is is superb. You know, what do I feel afterward? What what's it like after the swim? You know, interestingly at this point, actually getting into the water, especially during this cold it's very very cold at the moment i mean it's you know one or two degrees in the morning getting into the water isn't actually that bad i think i've got to the point where psychologically i'm built up for it i'm ready to go in and uh, i feel okay it's coming out of the water is brutal so you're coming out of the water you're wet uh, you're into the cold air your body for the most part if you're in there for seven eight nine ten minutes your body is pretty numb you actually come out feeling a sense of warmth over you almost certainly you're quite numb but your hands and feet certainly in my experience and other swimmers I've spoken to it's 
brutal. It is really, really painful. So when you come out of the water, that initial coming out of the water and getting changed is quite difficult. Yeah, we've all had the experience, I think, of your hands being really cold and trying to close buttons on your shirt, you know, or trying to zip up your laces. It's quite difficult. So there is quite a lot of that. But you know what's coming. You know what's coming down the line. Once you get over that initial chill, like I literally meet people, you know, I, who have changed, who've just come out for their swim and are sitting there and they're kind of shivering like that and having their cups of tea or coffee, but you can see it in their eyes. They're delighted. It's, you know that that amazing feeling of calm and well-being is on its way. I mean, again, like the, the swimming and the cold water swimming especially has a way of just resetting everything. So there you go. That's the uh, five clips. Hopefully you've identified a common theme running through those. The comfort zone comes up a lot and how you can force yourself and push yourself to get outside of it. And it's not always easy but it's definitely worth doing and doing it in a very conscious way, not expecting too much too soon. And that is very important and very key, taking it bit by bit incrementally. And as Owen said, let the the, the big things take care of themselves by focusing on those smaller things. So guys, thanks so much for sharing those insights, those clips. It was great to finally get that together and put it out. I've been talking about it for a while. And if you're listening and you thought, wow, that was kind of cool, and that was interesting, and I have something to share, please, please do. I'd love to do another one of these, and I'll continue to do them uh, with the uh, inputs I get from you guys. So, you know, it's all about what I get from you is what I can share out. So do email me, rob at robofthegreen.ie, and you can record it on any device and any piece of kit. Just put it on an MP3, and we can email it in to me and get it out there. So that is pretty much the intro show, guys. Delighted to have this one together, hopefully. And sorry about the the probably rambling at the start, but there's a lot going on there that can't be ignored. And it's very important to to talk about it and to talk to somebody about what's going on in your head. That is massively important. Don't let all this stuff overtake you or consume you. Um, It's important to talk about it. And by me, me talking about it here helps get it out a little bit. So... Keep your eyes and ears open for next interview in the next episode, uh, which will be coming very soon. And in the meantime, if there's anything I can get together in relation to COVID-19 and and talk with anyone that has something to share that can hopefully be of value to you, I will definitely do that and try and get it out. It may not be as edited or produced as some of this would be, but that's okay. I think it's more about, as always, the content and what comes out of it so look thanks so much for listening hope you have a great day uh, best day possible and stay positive stay safe and look after yourself and uh, we'll be back again soon thanks again good luck